Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who is QB1 in the Big 12 in 2023? That is coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Before we get going, make sure you all subscribe to the channel here. It really does us a lot of good when you all do two things. Subscribe to the channel and like the videos. Please leave comments. All that stuff does really help. But the subscriptions and the likes really do help us get these videos out. And obviously I've been saying this a bunch, but hope you all take heed to it. Uh, you know, having to switch networks and whatnot is very challenging. We're trying to rebuild this audience. We're trying to make sure folks who might've watched the old show can now find the new show. So it really does help me out a lot when you guys uh, subscribe, like the videos, the best place, five plus days a week of Big 12 content. We cover everything from conference realignment, Big 12 expansion, the Pac-12 TV deal, what it means. Along those lines, guys, John Wilner has agreed to come on the show next week. So John Wilner, we will be speaking with him. Uh, you all saw Spencer McLaughlin from the Pac-12 land. We've had folks who cover UConn, who cover Arizona, who cover uh, uh, San Diego State. have had all of those folks in the show to talk about the sport, where those certain schools are. We've had people like Barrett Salee on. We're going to have Andy Staples on in July. Five days a week, Big 12 content, college football content, big picture, small picture, all of it at NWPod365 on Twitter, at Josh Neighbors underscore for me. Today's show, once again, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, you guys can get your, all your stuff there. So the ballot was sent to media members this week for uh, your first team all Big 12 preseason for 2023. Simple question. Because I, I didn't get very far before I had this issue. And I've gone, you know, got a more, some more positions now. But uh, who is QB1? Now, when you say this, you might say, okay, who is the best quarterback? Whatever. So I think there is a, there's kind of a marriage here when you're saying first team preseason, right? Is it predicting who will have the best year? Maybe. Is it the best quarterback? Maybe. Or is it a marriage of those two things, right? Is it saying, I think this quarterback showed me good performance last year? So I can assume he should be good this year. Plus I am, you know, predicting that he's gonna be good. So it's rewarding last year, predicting this year, a little bit of both. I think that's kind of the sweet spot on all of this, but that kind of makes this conversation difficult because I've narrowed this thing down to four names. Now you look across the league. This is an incredibly interesting quarterback league. After the transfer portal is closed, you're at a situation now where looking at all the quarterbacks, Jalen Daniels at Kansas, Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, Quinn Ewers at Texas, Will Howard at Kansas State, Tyler Shuck at Texas Tech, John Rice Plumley at UCF, Blake Shapin at Baylor, Keaton Slovis at BYU, Hunter Deckers at Iowa State, Chandler Morris at TCU, Donovan Smith at Houston, Emory Jones at Cincinnati, 
Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State, and then Garrett Green at West Virginia. I mean, a lot of really familiar names. A lot of guys who have played a ton, a ton of college football. I mean, I'm trying to think about the first-time starters that we're going to get in this league. There's, uh, let's see, the, the first-time starters we're going to get in 2023. I mean, you're thinking about, like, really one guy, right? The the only number one, uh, Alan Bowman, I guess, is like the new quarterback. Of the I mean, if you want to, not a first-time starter. Uh, Chandler Morris, excuse me. Chandler Morris being a new starter. Alan Bowman started plays. Is he coming back to the league now? But you all see what I'm saying. All of these guys have starting experience in one place or another. Garrett Green does. Uh, Alan Bowman does. Emory Jones does. Donovan Smith. Uh, Hunter Deckers. Keaton Slovis. Blake Shapin. John Rice Plumley, Tyler Shuck. Will Howard. Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel, Jalen Daniels, all have experience. Now, the extent to which those guys have experience at their current schools or other schools, it does vary, right? But this is a strange quarterback league. So, hey, at the end of the year, you know, if if you were to tell me uh, one guy's outside of my top four, you know, uh, ends up being the guy, like, let's just say I don't have Blake Shapin in my top four. Um, If Blake Shapin just has a great year and looks a lot like the guy that we saw at the end of the 2021 season – I would not be like completely shocked. Be a nice turnaround, really great, but I would not be completely sh- uh, completely shocked. So I think we have to have to realize that. And actually, I read just read Bruce Feldman's piece uh, about Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State and his journey. Obviously, very interesting. And could he be the guy that you know kind of helps things go well there? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see on that front. But the four names I have are this: I have Will Howard, I have Quinn Ewers, I have Jalen Daniels, and I have Dylan Gabriel. Those are my top four guys for QB one in the big 12 in 2023. And I think there is a case to be made for all of them. I think there is some kind of case. I do believe some cases to be stronger than others, but the cases, uh, there are cases for all of them. So let's start with Will Howard. Will Howard is your championship winning quarterback from last year. So as such, I believe that he deserves to get the first bite of the apple when it comes to the case. So what is the case for Will Howard? Well, I actually believe the case for Will Howard stems from when he was not very good, right? When you look back at 2020, uh, you know, a 54% completion percentage, eight TDs to 10 picks or limited action back in 2021, right? Last year, Will Howard looked like a completely different guy. Talked about this the other day on the College Chaos podcast. Um, But to a man, whether it's Will himself Uh, teammates, receivers, running backs, Colin Klein, Chris Kleiman. What everybody had to say about Will Howard was the same. The game for Will Howard has slowed down by a tremendous amount. Last year, their offense was fantastic. Good offensive line, good running back room, good wide receivers, good tight end play. But Will Howard was the guy who just kind of unlocked all of it, right? I think about the way that he looked, you know, uh, in games last year, the Alabama games were the only the kind of game where you're like, okay, this wasn't this wasn't great. But uh, you know, that TCU game loss, he gets injured and still accounts for three total touchdowns. Oklahoma State, you know, 57% completion percentage, not out of this world, but four touchdowns in that game. 71% completion percentage in a game where or 70, 70.4%, three scores against Baylor, a game that they scored 31 points. I mean, think about these games here. I'm about to list you. So third 48 uh uh against Baylor. Uh 28 against TCU in a game where he was hurt. 31 against Baylor, 48 against Oklahoma State. As I mentioned, West Virginia on the road, 48 points in that game. Uh, It's a game where he accounted for three total touchdowns. 
the Kansas game, I would say it wasn't like this awesome performance. He's barely over 50%, but still they're all, they, they end up scoring 47 points in that game. And Will Howard then threw for two touchdowns and ran for one in the Big 12 championship game in which they won and they beat TCU. Uh, once again, bowl game was tough, but the performance relative to the league, Will Howard was a different guy last year. Now, look, I know the cast of characters around Will Howard has changed, right? The, namely, the big thing is that, uh, you know, they don't have Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, right? That's the big problem for that. I guess it's a problem, but it's a big change then, right? It's, it's really a problem, you know, uh, but it's the big, the big change uh, for them this year is that. But also, you know, I think people love DJ Giddens at running back and could be somebody just steps right into that role, not as good as Deuce. You can't replace a guy like that, but still a different kind of player has a great year. They bring in a receiver like Keegan Johnson. I think a lot of people are excited, uh, you know, about a guy like that. They bring back Phil Brooks. Obviously, they're excited to have, you know, Ben Sennett there uh, as, as their tight end. I mean, I think there is a – also, Treshawn Ward at running back, too, they bring in, right? So plenty of weapons and the offensive line, folks. Redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, junior, and redshirt senior. Uh, offensive line continuity is going to be a big thumbs up from me. So we're talking about performance last year, talking about team this year, what's around him, and so positing could Will Howard get better. Yeah. I think he can get better. And I think he's got Sunday material for sure. So Will Howard's kind of my, he's my leader in the clubhouse right now for a guy QB one, just kind of all the package together, who he was to who he is now and looks like who he's going to be. That's my number one guy. Number two, and this is the guy that I think the, the media is going to pick overall. I'm not sure yet if it's going to be me. I'm, once again, I'm leading Will Howard's direction. Quinn Ewers. So, this one is, this is, this is your predictive one, right? I've said this, others have said this, like there is no excuse for this offense to be bad. I was, I was texting, texting the guys uh, from big 12 today at Sirius XM yesterday. I was texting with Robbie Triano with Gabe Eichert with Chris Plank. And we were talking about, uh, you know, this, this idea of like, Hey, what should you measure when you're doing these, you know, these preseason awards and whatnot. And so for viewers, you know, I think it's, I think what kind of my, my analysis at the end was it's going to take a Herculean effort to screw up this offense. You lose B. John Robinson. Sure. You lose Roshan Johnson. Sure. But when you look at the Texas Longhorns and what they have at the offensive line, even at the running back position at wide receiver, I mean, this team is freaking stacked. Uh, it's absolutely stacked. And even Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue and you know uh, Keelan Robinson and all these guys in the backfield too that like you feel pretty good about. Uh, JT Sanders at tight end. If you all know me, we are a JT Sanders uh, outfit here. That guy is a freak. He's really it's just a really strong all around player. It's a lot of stuff. Well, and then this this receiving core: Isaiah Nayor, Xavier Worthy, Ad Mitchell, Jordan Whittington. I, and you add in JT Sanders. I mean, this is an experienced receiving core. You know, uh, Isaiah Nair gets the injury. So hopefully he's okay. But, you know, A.D. Mitchell's been around. Xavier Worthy had a down year last year. Jordan Whittington's been around forever. Like, they have got this really strong receiving core. Now, is it seven, eight deep? I mean, they got some younger guys behind. But they've got, you know, uh, Georgia has won championships with less at the receiving. Now, they're better at the other positions. But still, uh, you know, the, the thing is, you want to be good closest to the football. That's what they say. Well, this team on offensive side of things is going to be very, very good at that point. Calvin Banks, just a sophomore, but looks like he has really just, I mean, looks like 
outstanding guy. Cole Hudson, obviously very good too. Christian Jones, redshirt uh, seniors, obviously there in the offensive line. And Jake Majors is the center, another guy with plenty of experience. So they've had they've got guys who have played a ton of football. They're going to be able to rely on. The big question for Quinn Ewers is this: is you know everything sounds you know the, the weight is up for him. It sounds like he's shred, everybody's saying he's shredded, right? Uh, everything's good, but you know the guy has still not played that much football. He still hasn't played a ton. And you go, hey, well, Will Howard hasn't played a ton either. Yeah, he's got three seasons under his belt, though. And he's got the trials and tribulations happening, and he's got the success afterwards. You could say Ewers has had some success. It's self-contained in the one season, though. And so this is his off first offseason as the full-time, you know, as like the guy, right? He had to beat out Hudson Card last year. It was presumed he would win, but he is now the guy. So I think there is some... Um, you know, there's some hesitation on my part to say that he's all the way there and he's going to be as, you know, as good as he showed in flashes last year. I think there's, it's right to have hesitation about those kinds of things. Now, you know, and look, I'm not trying to be the ultimate hedge here. Like I, I think very much Quinn Ewer's season is going to be one of those where it looks like he is better, but there are still moments we are concerned, right? Uh, for them, you know, the road games this year at Bama, at Baylor, OU is Red River, so we know it's neutral, at Houston, at TCU, at Iowa State. So, you're you're talking about a road schedule that's got some difficult ones in there at TCU, at Baylor, at Alabama, obviously. Uh, but at Houston, at Iowa State, like you can you can win those games. Now, you know this is a school last year uh, program went to Lubbock and and blew a lead, and that's been a problem for them. But it's those big games, and how will how will Quinn Ewers look in those games is the big thing. But I think the fact that he is the guy, no doubt about it, no bones about it, he is the number one is interesting. Last year, 15 touchdowns to six INTs. Uh, you know, the guy that can run the ball, but it's not really what we're going to be trying to trying to accomplish too much with him. I, I want to see that chemistry. I want to see that chemistry to see if it's grown. And look, man, he's got an experienced group of guys, so it should be there. So if you're talking about predictive performance based off of what's around him and kind of the, uh, the, the you know, I'm not, I'm not guessing who the media is going to pick. It's not the point of this exercise. This is the guy they're going to pick. This is the guy with the most attention. This is the guy with the chance to create the best story. Um, you know, Texas should be in the Big 12 championship game this year, and it should be in part because of his play. I, I, I don't think it's a situation where we're going to see them pull back the reins and be like, all right, let's win. Now, here's the thing. You might argue, hey, they might just better be better off pulling back the reins. This thing can run itself. But we've seen this team can go toe-to-toe with teams. And you think about their losses back last year. They did not get smoked. There was no game where Texas got hammered. Bama was close. Texas Tech, they were winning. Oklahoma State, they were winning. Uh, and TCU, that game from a physical standpoint, I would say um, they got beat up a bit, which is a little concerning. But in terms of you know how close the game was, it was a relatively close contest. You go back to the, the Washington game last year, bowl game, not everybody's playing, but I thought Quinn Ewers was really good, 31 for 47, 369, and a touchdown through the air. And also, uh, I, I thought that his receivers did not do him a ton of favors in that game. So, um, you know, I, I thought there were some strong performances, but like the Oklahoma State game there at the end, you know, you, you didn't feel great about the way he was playing uh, uh, in, in that game. You know, there, was some, there were some stinkers along the way, right? Iowa State game, 24-21. Uh, you know, throws that, that ball there uh, at, or Xavier Hudson drops that ball, you know, that they, they should have probably maybe even lost that game. Right. Um, 
you know, the K-State game, I thought he just managed that game. Well, that was a really big B. John Robinson game, right? The TCU game is pretty miserable. And so we're kind of up and down on like where he was headed, but you're wondering, all right, how much of those growing pains will they manifest and kind of help him moving forward? Jalen Daniels is on here, guys. Um, I just, I just don't know what he's going to do next. And it's just the electricity of it all. And feed it to me, feed it to me. I said it on the college chaos podcast. I will say it again right here. Jalen Daniels, if you if you toss me the sticks, if you give me the NCAA video game, if you said pick a Big 12 quarterback, if you said pick a national quarterback with a bullet, this guy is the Big 12 quarterback and pretty compelling argument to be the natural, uh, or, you know, the, uh, the national quarterback, rather. His ability to throw the football, ability to do it on the run. He's also a very good runner as well. And we know that he brings a level of uh, dynamics or a different dynamic, I should say, the offense. Now, the one thing for Jalen Daniels was after the injury, and I think he'll be fine this year, but like he got back to some in that Arkansas game, right? He's 544 yards, uh, you know, ran for a touchdown, six total touchdowns. But that game that he played against Kansas State wasn't very good. They got smoked by Texas. It wasn't like this excellent performance, right? TCU game is where he goes down, but you look at the games before that. And the Iowa State game, he was not good. But the Duke game, my God. The Houston game, my God, right? Uh, just some, some awesome. And the West Virginia game, too. You know, he had some of these awesome performances. So this is a guy now that as a junior, we're talking about Jalen Daniels at this point, guys. Starts, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games in 2022. We see him one, two, three, four, five, uh, five games back in 2021. And then 2020, plenty of experience there too. So you know, it's starting to stack up for our guy, Jalen Daniels. He's going to have two more years in college if he wants that. But uh, I want to see if they can keep him healthy all year, what the results look like. Because it feels, the one, the one downside for him is, uh, can we trust the supporting cast at Kansas football. We love Devin Neal, but like, can they block? Do they have good enough receivers, tight ends? Or is he just going to make everybody else better? Is that going to be good enough? He is the guy that I would put the least amount of money on to be, you know, at the end of the year to be the, to be the QB one, just because of everything around him. But if we're talking about like the total package, running, passing, leadership, uh, kind of like, you know, what you would like out of a quarterback, he has got all of the boxes checked. Injury history, maybe you might say, and that's not there, but I mean, Will Howard was injured. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's been injured. Quinn Ewers has been injured. So, like, you get, you're going to get hurt when you play quarterback. I mean, that's kind of the kind of the way this thing rolls. The last one I'm going to do out of this group, Dylan Gabriel. So, when it comes to overall body of work, when it comes to the amount of games played, when it comes to the amount of snaps taken, when it comes to the amount of balls thrown and, and, and all of those things – Dylan Gabriel is about as experienced as you can get. Now, the thing is he's got a couple more years left too, right? He had the injury, um, but he had the COVID year too. So technically he's still a junior here in his, his, I think he's still a junior here in his fourth year. But you look at, you know, throws for 3,600 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven INTs in 19. 32 and four in 2020. Uh, Nine and three in, in 2021 and last year. 25 TDs to six INTs, ran for six TDs as well. His play at times was strong. The Texas Tech game, he was masterful, right? Uh, the Oklahoma State game, he was, you know, it didn't need to be great because what's his face was terrible. But like the West Virginia game was not an excellent performance. He didn't cover himself in glory. The Baylor game, he made a plenty of mistakes in that one as well. 
Uh, the TCU game, I know he gets knocked out of that game, but it wasn't like it was heading in a great direction for him. And the other loss, I mean, he was actually pretty good, the Kansas State game, but it took him, it took him a while to, to wake up, right? So, I mean, in the Nebraska game last year, though, you're, you're starting to think, all right, I mean, you know, I, I know the numbers weren't totally out of this world gaudy, but you're thinking after the kind of non, non-conference stretch, he was looking in, in a great direction. I think that some questions were asked along the way. But my big thing about this is they still have got a pretty decent amount of talent at Oklahoma. I would say it's fair, it's fair to say. And then also, do you want to bet against Jeff Levy plus Dylan Gabriel for a second year in a row? And look, I know, I know the defense was a disaster last year. The entire, uh, the entire uh, mess up that was the OU 2022 football season. I'm not going to put that squarely on the shoulders of Dylan Gabriel, not going to put that squarely on the shoulders of the Oklahoma offense. But I do think some blame is 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 deserved there, and I also think that um, it might be foolish though if you were to say it. If we're going like predictive, or like you know, we're we're going to use past uh, performance overall as a way to gauge potentially in the future. And also, do I expect this guy to have another down year? I think Dylan Gabriel, no, you don't expect him to have a down year. And there's a case because of the amount of experience he has, you could make the case he is the best quarterback in the league, right? Um, I think Howard. When you talk about the reason why I pick Will Howard as kind of the front runner is. Physically speaking, he is what you'd want him to be. He is somewhat mobile, but he perform. But I've seen him play poorly. I've now seen him play really well, and I know he's got weapons there that he's gonna be able to use in a confidence level that right now is is just as high or even higher probably than all of these guys in the list. The other guys had some big struggles last year. Will Howard didn't struggle a whole lot. Uh, injury in the Alabama game really the big struggle points it felt like for him at times. Uh, you know, those, those are the noticeable ones. So that is why I'm kind of leaning Will Howard. Dylan Gabriel, in terms of like, per, uh, in terms of what he has given us, yeah, it's, it's the, he has the most tape, if you will, right? Uh, not physically the guy. He's not a, he's not a big dude, right? Dylan Gabriel is not this like massive hulking dude. I mean, he's 5'11, 204 is what they have him listed at, right? So it's not a massive guy. It's not like he's got the uh, missile of an arm that some of these other guys have. And Ewers obviously is the talent, the talent package, and and the the, the kind of guys that they've got around him. And Jalen Daniels is just the overall electricity factor that kind of makes you know the, the first half of the season last year. And look, some some guys, you know, you, you might list other guys here. Tyler Shuck, I'd love to throw in this conversation, but he hasn't stayed in the field. Also, somebody made a comment yesterday about my uh, me being a Baylor guy. Now, guys, I don't work around the three sixty five guys. Like I, I go on the shows and whatnot. And we all talk. I don't. I don't work with them like in person. Uh, I, I don't I'm not pro Baylor because I'm working for guys who were Baylor folks before. Uh, and I'm not anti-tech. I'm not. Here's my, here's my bit on tech. And we'll, we'll explore more of this though. While we've been cycling teams, the big 12, the big 12 championship game, Texas tech has not been particularly close, right? They have not been there now. And also think about tech's best days. You know, that was when they were making a bowl game every single year. And Mike, Mike Leach took that thing up to the top, but they were winning seven, eight, you know, six was consistent. That was good. I'm not, I'm not anti-tech, but tech is not there yet. Texas tech football is not back to what it was under Mike Leach. And so we're using that level of logic here. You know, it's reasonable that they get another good season, but like, that's what Texas tech needs to work on is stacking those good seasons. Uh, And maybe they make it, you know, this year to the big 12 championship game, but like, can they stack good seasons like they did when Mike Leach was the coach? And I think Joey McGuire's got in the positive direction, but I'm not anti-tech. I just want to see it. And also they had a certain, Zach Kittley's got to figure something out with the quarterbacks 
because they had a round robin of QBs last year and they don't have the, those three guys again. They got Darren Morton back. It's nice. Uh, but you know, they only have two of them and Tyler Shuck's a really good player, but staying on the field has not been his strong suit. Talk about an NFL prospect. Sure. But the guy is back for another year of college because of how, of how injured he's been. I remember two years ago, I think, uh, I think it was two years ago when he had, you know, top seven odds to be the number one pick because of the physical gifts that he has. Right. But the problem is staying on the field has been a huge issue for him. Uh, you know, you go down this list too, like John Rice Plumley, somebody threw that in there. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the way like him throwing the football. You missed me with that a little bit. Like he is not talk about dual threats. I mean, Jalen Daniels is a better dual threat quarterback to me than John Rice Plumley is. If you said take one, I'm taking Jalen Daniels. I'm not really thinking about it too much. He's a good player, but like there are sometimes I watch him stand back there and pass. And if you can kind of keep him contained and make him a passer, it's not a, uh, you know, we're not watching prime, you know, uh, Joe Montana chuck it around out there. Right. So there, there's, I think there's some concerns, uh, you know, about, about that part and also taking a step up Blake Shapin, right up and down, down mostly last year. You'd argue Baylor was at their best when you nearly know, the offense was running the football and not relying on him. Keaton Slovis has some success, but has had a lot of injuries now makes his way to BYU Hunter Deckers, right? He's a guy that I think one bad year, you know, Chandler Morris is going to good, good chance. They're going to have some talent there at TCU, but uh, you know, new offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles steps in and now it's, you know, uh, Chandler's going to have his chance. Uh, what does that look like? Donovan Smith guy that I like a lot, but you know, he's going to have a chance to replace Clayton too. Now, Emory Jones. I'm not, I don't think we have to be too high on that. Alan Bowman. Some folks seem to think Bowen's going to have a chance. Uh, and Garrett Green, you know, I don't think we're too high on anything West Virginia football related, but like you go across the map, all of those guys, you know, the one that I would, I would say that, Hey, if you were to make a top five shuck shucks by number five uh, because of the ability. And I've seen him play well. And I know that he can play well. Just can't he stay healthy? You might say, well, Josh, you can't use that to disqualify, but at a certain point when we keep missing games over and over and over and over again, it does have to be taken into account. Now, all the other guys have been hurt too, but I think considerably with the amount of injuries that Tyler Shuck has stacked up, there should be some more concern there, and so that's why I'm not going to take him. All right, um, and so I think I say all this to say, Will Howard, don't feel great about it. Don't feel great about it. Once again, I laid out the case for each guy. Let me know who you all think it should be in the comments. Uh, reasonable people can disagree, right? We can all have our opinion on this, but you know, this, these conversations we'll be having these, you know, over the next couple of weeks here, uh, you know, in the next week or so, next couple of weeks about guys, position rankings, whatnot. And also those folks wondering, we will have team specific guests on here as we get closer to the season. July is when we'll do team previews for every single team in the big 12 for the next year. All right. That's uh, next year's season. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts here on YouTube as well. Subscribe and also download uh, download those five-star reviews. Subscribe, like it. Talk to you all on Monday.